Hello, I'd like to make this recording about Cousteau. Cousteau, recently there was a whole film made on his life and his work, and they called it The Odyssey, or Odyssea, depending on which language you, you saw it in. Uh, it was a very nice movie, it was entertaining, it had some great photography in it, and it was mainly the story of a father and his son who get to travel the world across the oceans and to share what they learn from the subaquatic world. And that was really uh, interesting, uh, and they did a nice job of it. Uh, however, when I spoke to some people who were not aware of who Cousteau was, uh, I thought, oh, this film may have been nice for those who knew about Cousteau, uh, but barely entertaining for those who did not know about Cousteau. So, a few words on Cousteau. Cousteau was someone that was destined to become a pilot. Unfortunately, he had a car crash, and physically, he developed what, you know, today, I don't know where that would have stand, but stood, but back in those days, it sort of had to change his, uh, he had to refocus or reset his compass. And he joined the naval world, which, uh, being French, uh, was a very strong environment and had more space. Um, as you know, aviation is something that's developed uh, mainly during and after the Second World War. Uh, before that, uh, the Navy and Marine environment was far bigger. So he joined that environment and very quickly became uh, very uh, interested in that field, uh, put his skills to task and so forth. Um, and his passion for the oceans started there. We're talking about Cousteau. And um, he was interested in everything around it. And that would be things which today we take for granted, back then were still new, such as uh, swimming goggles, uh, a mask you can use to go underwater and have a, a good vision. Uh, he was, you know, experimenting with that. Um, he was experimenting basically up to the 1940s with different underwater diving technology. So... With all that, and with that kind of uh, enthusiasm, he ended up uh, being a part of films uh, back into back even in 1943. Uh, and they made the one of the films called By 18 Meters Underwater, which was a French underwater film. And probably the first one, unless we find anything else out there that would contradict it. And another film they made was called Shipwrecks, which is the first movie to have what they called Aqualung. Aqualung is the, the original uh, underwater air container, if you want. So it's like a bit like an aquatic lung. And uh, it, uh, just fantastic. When you think about it, this is the 1940s, and this is what these guys are doing, spending time, looking for ways to spend time underwater. And they did this with a company, which today is still very, very famous, in the field of compressed air, developing hydrogen solutions and all kinds of things. And uh, you would have seen their work throughout multiple sectors, but the name is, is a brand name, it's called Air Liquide. Um, they're on the public uh, stock exchange and so forth, you'll, you'll find all kinds of info with them. Little does it say though about the great history it has of adventure and exploration. So a lot of what we see today and we take for granted within the underwater diving and so forth actually goes back to this period and to great explorers and 
inventors and so forth, like Cousteau. And Cousteau is the name that we're talking about today. Um, <clears throat> so throughout this, after the war, um, the Second World War, uh, he actually started a underwater studies and research group, Cousteau did, which allowed for other people to join and for him to raise funds and so forth. He went on to do some work in that field. Uh, basically, if you're in that field, you need to find jobs to sustain your activity and your interest. And the, <laughs> what, what he ended up doing, what, what they referred to as mind-clearing missions. So after the war, there were still a lot of mines floating around, and uh, they had to be disposed of and so forth. And to this day, you can still find them. Uh, there's people who have just... Uh, been on a on a forum talking about how their drones allow to identify mines underwater and how to GPS them quickly and so forth. Uh, stuff that has been lingering there and by miracle has not been on any of the tracks or roads used by vessels. Um, so that that's a, another topic. Uh, just It's amazing because we take for granted once the war is over, everything with it goes away. But Lots of remnants are all over the place. So um, he went on in the 50s afterwards to write two books, talk about the undersea world, Cousteau did, The Silent World, and uh, what's a, call, a movie called Plonger Sans Câble, which was basically underwater diving, free underwater diving. Uh, he created then, you know, first French oceanographic campaigns. Um, and eventually he went on, and that's where the movie really picks off. Um, he went on to get a ship, a vessel, called the Calypso. Now, keep in mind, this man, besides his expertise and ingenuity and natural curiosity that follows his passion, he also has a naval background. So he takes on a ship that he calls the Calypso. And he turns this into a sort of mobile campaign lab. Uh, he gets all kinds of work, working for the um, big oil groups, as basically his ability and know-how allows to go and uh, make some what they call reconnaissance, recognition of the grounds where offshore oil can be then discovered and excavated and so forth. Um, so a lot of the tough that you would see like on the Red Sea and other parts of the world, they would not have the technology back then to go and study it. Uh, so they would go and run uh, initial recognition by sending divers. And divers was something that was still revolutionary back then. So his ability, his team and know-how served this purpose. And with this experience, he went on to creating small, which we would refer today as small saucers, underwater saucers. And he managed to get them created to go down 350 meters and then in the 60s down to 500 meters. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, to put yourself in that kind of an environment. The, the, the man is extremely able. Uh, he went on to create underwater, quote-unquote, cities, uh, which he referred to as the Conshelf. This, again, is in the 60s. And then from early 60s all the way to the 80s, he had two documentary series on TV, which is what made him world famous. I mean, really world famous. Um, he created a book that probably had equal um, recognition, which the 1970s uh, book called The Shark, which put the shark on everyone's uh, tabletop as a conversation starter and ender. And then he created the 1973 Cousteau Society for Protection 
of the oceans. Um, <clears throat> he even went on to get in late 70s a, um, an environment pr uh, prize by the United Nations. Now, all that are sort of facts that you can Google about and so forth. And he basically has a whole catalog of works within publishing and within film, TV documentaries. And the big turn, as the movie will show, is that in the mid-70s, he goes out and starts talking about protecting the environment, not just showing it and analyzing it, but protecting it, which is the mid-70s shift that you found on many places around the world, and namely California was one of the leaders there. Uh, but other countries uh, got their documentaries out, and the tr that trend started to pick up. Um, but th the key thing here about Cousteau is... Um, People re remember him and they call him a divulgationist, which means that he will go out and talk about different topics which are somewhat obscure uh, or needing more attention. And he would go out and speak about it in plain terms to people who were not within science and who were not within necessarily environmental matters, but who shared the planet. And he felt it was his role, especially in this, you know, once he started to create the um, Society for Protection of the Oceans to share the risks and different problems that had been happening. So that's a sort of analysis of the man. Uh, he went on to create all kinds of other things within uh, boats and uh, uh, technology to move the boats and so forth. And his interest uh, sparked interest amongst other people too. So hopefully... This gives you a bit of an aura of the person. Now, that's from who he is and what he does. Uh, from my point of view, specifically, it's the experience of that companion that represents adventure, interest, exploration, that other world where we should get up and find a way to get out there. Uh, basically, something like a Captain Scott or... A, an Amundsen or a Shackleton, that, that sense of exploration. And the reason for that was that I used to follow wherever country I was in, in whatever language it was, I used to follow that weekly show. I would see the, um, the, the um, obviously, I was a bit older, sorry, a bit younger at the time. So I would watch the, you know, the, not the initial broadcast, but probably a, a, a rerun and so forth. But boy, was that a fascinating time? Was that show interesting? Actually, it was fascinating. It was a very magic, magical moment. And uh, to add to it, uh, our family used to have the books, meaning we would have some of those books that they had published, probably the, the first series. And it was a family moment where we would get together and talk about it and talk about the dangers of the exploration. Uh, because of where they would travel, we would talk about those countries where they were, how they were, how they were different. We would talk about the different types of teeth sharks had. We would look at where the Galapagos were. I mean, you name it. Wherever Cousteau was going <laughs> for his exploration, through the books, our discussions were focused on that. And that's it. That was our family time, talking about what Cousteau did, uh, what was the underwater world like, and so on. It, it was really, he was a basis for many discussions, many interests, and I think that movie sort of reignited for many people all that time, all those documentaries and all that world. 
Um, for the younger generation who first discovered Cousteau through that movie, I'm not sure how much echoed there. Uh, nice photography, that's for sure. Uh, but I can't say much more um, because I don't know how they viewed it or how they understood it. Did it drive them to more curiosity? Well, one thing's for sure. If it did, they've got a whole catalog of information that they can Google. And they can go find all kinds of other information now readily and easily available, which was not the case uh, 40 years ago. And to top it off, if you Google that name, you'll find that one of the great things that's happened with uh, Cousteau, the Commandant, is that most of his family is involved in that field. If you Google TED Talks, you'll find two of his sons are in that field. And they are dedicated to the protection of the oceans, protection of the planet. And they're able, just like their like every, I think probably everyone in that family, to convey the sense of urgency, the sense of all is one, the sense of action needs to be taken, the sense of love for the planet and love for the oceans. They're doing a great job. I, I really enjoy when they're speaking. I cannot track down fully the extent of their work, but I do know they're present with many associations and groups and that they're doing their bit. Um, so hats off to that family. They've been an incredible inspiration. I have no doubt that they got their inspiration from other authors like uh, Jules Verne and those type of exploration books with, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Voyage to the Center of the Earth, and so forth. And it all started as ideas and curiosity, and they cultivated, and they got to where they got. See who comes up with something more and is able to share that with as many people as they did. It's amazing. It really is a life's work. So there you go. That was a few words on Cousteau, uh, true inspiration for many, to many, and to me. And I really enjoyed those shows, and I think that the legacy they've left, including the uh, Monaco um, Oceanographic uh, Society, and actually the museum, I believe, is still uh, got his name and some of his equipment that he used in the days. Um, it, it's a fantastic legacy to be a part of for those people. And uh, if you Google, you'll find more information on the different places where he has shared his work and where some people are supporting it. And it's a good place to start uh, feeding your curiosity, if your curiosity is there. All right. Until the next recording, thank you for listening.